0: Hey, Canoe Creek, Uh, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but the old Indiana Jones movie where Indiana Jones is trying to save his dad, um, he has to go through these various tests that are spiritual tests. He's trying to get the Holy Grail so he can fill it with water and then give his, his father a drink to help save his life. And there's this one test where he's got to take the leap of faith, and there's this big canyon, right, and he's supposed to just step out and in step and then just like float through the air or something and uh, obviously you know it turns out there's some sort of hidden bridge there that he couldn't see before and so he was good and got the grail and saved his father and whole deal you know happy ending uh, that kind of idea is the kind of idea that I think our world has regarding faith that is that we have to take a blind leap uh, it's not really the right idea and, and it's something I wanted to look at and focus in on this morning as we continue to talk about faith. We've ex- been exploring this, uh, and we've talked about how the right level of fear, the right kind of fear in God leads to faith, and it leads to a growing faith, and it leads to a faith where we don't fear the things of the world. And, and that's important. We've been talking about that. Definitely go back and take a look at some of our sermons if you haven't been uh, watching and want to get caught up. Uh, but as I was thinking about this and we've been exploring this, I, I went and read Hebrews chapter 11, which is this chapter that really talks about uh, faith in, in a variety of ways. And it gives a lot of examples of individuals of faith as well. And, and as it gives some detailed information about some people like Moses and Noah and Abraham and others, it gets down to where it says, and I don't even have time to talk about them all. And then it starts listing off names and the first name it lists off is Gideon. Uh, interesting character and an interesting story from the, the uh, Old Testament book, Judges. And, and I want us to take a look at that and, and look and think about it a little bit and, and zero in on one thing this morning. But let me just kind of give you some context. The, the overall design of this book, Judges, it, it points us in certain directions and gives us a certain understanding. For example, the, the whole main theme about it is God's people break their covenant with God. Uh, God steps back, steps away from them because He's like, well, you don't want to be with me, therefore I'm going to give you what you want. But then their lives would get turned upside down because of it, and they'd find themselves crying back out to God, and and God would rescue them. And we see this consistently going on. And, And we see God working through different people that aren't always the best people. And in fact, as you read through the book of Judges, there's insane stories in there. Uh, extremely violent stories, immoral stories. And and keep this in mind. Remember, just because God works in and through people who don't do everything the way that he would want, doesn't mean he endorses everything that they do. Sometimes we look at things and think, uh, you know, God endorses that, but but he doesn't. In fact, it's the whole opposite. You know, I mean, they're doing things that he doesn't want them to do, and that's why things go the way that they go. If anything, it's just a testimony or a reminder of his graciousness, you know, his love, his compassion, his willingness to forgive. And the essential design in the book, as it's written, is as I said, they break their covenant, they call out to him, he returns to them, so on and so forth, even so much that it gives us this picture of the judges themselves. The first three that we hear about, and by the way, when you hear judge, you probably think of courtroom, don't. Uh, Think of faithful, powerful military leader. That's what these judges really were. And, And the first three, they're pretty much just good people doing what God would want them to do. But then the last three stories we get are much more detailed. And it seems like with each one, Uh, they get a little bit more salty, Uh, they get a little bit less moral, they get a little bit more tendencies towards bad decisions and not really truly following God fully. And it seems like there's this movement in the book to where you get to the very end and the last three or four or five chapters, man, let me tell you what, it is horrible. It's not something you're going to read at night to your kids as you're put into the bed, very violent. And it gives us this picture of God's people completely separated from him. And there's this theme verse that seems to be running throughout. And in fact, the very last verse in, in the book is this. It says, in those days they had no king and they did whatever they believed to be right in their own eyes. Which is part of the big problem, right? It's, it's part of the issue. And, and as you think about that, as you look at it, it kind of sets it up for what comes after that, the kings that would lead uh, God's people. But really it's setting us up for the most perfect, the eternal king, Jesus Christ, who is perfect in every way, who captures our hearts, who changes our hearts, who gives us an eternal destiny when we trust him, when we place our faith in him and follow him. Faith in Jesus really does change many things in our life in a really great and excellent way. So I give you this background to kind of give you, you know, an understanding because it does help. Uh, it gives us helpful insights into understanding the context in which Gideon and his story comes out of. Because we're going to learn that Gideon wasn't the most uh, bold individual. Uh, he was a little bit of a coward, actually. Uh, and, and, you know, it would be quick and easy to judge maybe because of that, but man, you got to look at his context. He lived in a very difficult, very violent world where stepping out in faith for God was a very hard thing to do. And so as we see him make smaller steps that grow into bigger steps that grow into giant steps, uh, it's really too uh, you know important to recognize that and understand the context in, with, in, in which he was living. Now, with, with that being laid let me narrow down our focus a little bit help us get our minds wrapped around exactly where i'd like to go because i want to have one simple clear and compelling uh, you know focus and mission for this message and, it, and it's simply to recognize that when we read and look at the story of getting i i believe it teaches us something i believe it simply teaches us that uh, faith is never blind but it is always bold uh, faith is never blind. You know, God's not calling us to do the Indiana Jones leap, right? So we need to recognize that faith is never blind, but it is always bold. Whenever we take a step of faith, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. There's always some sort of circumstance. There's always some sort of situation. There's maybe always going to be some sort of confrontation as well. And, and so as we think about this, uh, let me let me give you some of. Uh, the information on Gideon's story so that you can get your mind wrapped around this. And let me focus first on just this idea of boldness and this idea of him struggling with that to some degree. And I want to wrap up with this idea that faith isn't blind because I think that's really important for us to understand. So the story starts out with this angel of the Lord showing up to visit Gideon to basically tell him, hey, you're going to be the next judge. You're going to lead my people. You're going to take bold steps of faith. And you're going to help uh, secure, care for, free, and give vision back to my people about who I am, how to trust me, how to follow me, and how to have, uh, place their faith in me. So here's where we see in Judges 6.12, it says this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I'm thinking that when Gideon hears this, he's kind of like doing the over-his-shoulder look, you know, like, you talking to me? Mighty warrior? And and like I said, you'll see it as I bring out a few more verses here. Wasn't exactly a mighty warrior in that moment. um, But he certainly does come to be. Look at how he responds. Pardon me, my Lord. Doesn't sound like a mighty warrior's response. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us where all uh, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said did not the lord bring us up out of egypt my oh my listen the main the main point i'm after in this message uh, doesn't really it doesn't really perfectly fit here but man we can't miss this look at his question think about what he's asking you know this is like The same question that has been asked and is still being asked for thousands of years. And it's simply this. Why? Why, God? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why do you allow this? Why don't you allow that? So on and so forth. Isn't it amazing that thousands of years later we find that one of the main questions we consistently see being asked is the same question question that Gideon asked and then asked, you know, what about all these wonders that you used to do, you know? And and so this is such a difficult question of faith that I think so many people wrestle with. And at the end of the day, God does give us some clear and compelling things in which we can uh, rest in and trust in and begin to take small steps of faith that lead to bolder steps of faith, but this is a typical question I think that we really wrestle with. Can we trust God? Is God there? Why do you do this? Why don't you do that? And as we begin to trust and as we begin to take those steps, we can see God work in our way, in in our lives in in an amazing way. Think of it this way. God's blessings are conditionally connected to your faith. Now I realize that there's some just ways in which we're blessed because we're created by him. I'm blessed to be able to see my child born and blessed to be able to be with my child or my grandkids or my family or blessed to be able to have the relationship of friends because God created us that way. Blessed to just be able to watch the sun rise over the water or to stand on a peak in a mountain, experience those types of things. But but what I'm talking about here is the most essential, the most specific promises of God uh, to those who will place their faith in Him. Uh, receiving those promises, experiencing those promises requires that we put our faith and, and our trust in God. We don't just simply get zapped. You know, there, There's a condition of taking steps uh, to listen to what he has to say and, and to trust in what he has to say. Now, uh, there's another question as well and, and some other examples that demonstrate, like I said, Gideon's uh, lack of boldness and maybe even cowardliness uh, listen to this one. This is James six or Judges six fifteen. Pardon me, my lord. Uh, he asked another question. Gideon replied, "But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family." Essentially, what he's saying: I got the weakest, you know, uh, ancestors. You know, he could have even gone on to make it even more impactful and say, my family's the weakest, and even on top of that, I'm the weakest in my family. What he's saying is, I don't have, you know, any bravery in me. And yet, this angel of the Lord saying, you're going to be powerful, you're going to be bold, you're going to trust me, you're going to follow me, and you're going to do amazing things that you never imagined that you could do as you trust and follow and do them in faith. So the kind of bold faith we see in him and the reason why he's praised and mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 here's the point i want to make it doesn't just simply come to him easy it's not just natural for him and in fact i think we often see god taking some of the weakest things or people and and doing the most amazing things through them part of it is to try and help us remember where our strength comes from and, and to eliminate our pride and increase our dependence and grow our faith and our boldness in God, not in me or what I can do. And so as we look at that, as we think about that, let me let me give you another example of his lack of boldness. Uh, the angel of the Lord directs Gideon to tear down a false altar, altar. Think about this. God's people in this town have built an altar to a different God, and they do the most horrible things and make the most terrible sacrifices at this altar, and this angel says to Gideon, I want you to go and I want you to tear it down, I want you to use the wood from it, I want you to create a new altar to me, use that wood for a fire, go pick out this, this uh, you know, one of your cattle that I want you to take, create this sacrifice to me uh, to start this relationship and to begin to grow your faith and your boldness to do what needs to be done. But look at how he does what he's told to do. He responds in faith, but look at the baby step he takes. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Now listen, I'm not trying to fault Gideon in any way, any step of faith. It requires some kind of boldness, and, and we've got to start somewhere. And that's exactly what he does, but we can see it's, it's a smaller step here that he begins to take in the direction of God. But, but in fact, it's in a very important point in this, is his boldness grows as he takes steps of faith to trust God. And then it's also associated with receiving the Spirit of God. This is one of the important themes that you'll see in all of the Judges' stories, and that is that the Spirit of God will come on them, empower them, and encourage them, and and grow them to that next step. But typically, we see them taking those steps of faith first before that happens. Look at what it says in Judges 6.33. Now, all the Midianites, Amicalites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the, the Asburites to follow him. Now, one bold step of faith led to another bold step of faith, and it led to something that Gideon never imagined himself being able to do. And the kind of boldness and trust in God that he had led him to, to be a judge who accomplished some amazing things, in the name of God, and for God's people as is, is well. Now, I, I want to pick up on something else that Gideon always requires, and it brings us back to that idea that uh, fate isn't blind. It's not just this foolish, blind leap. Uh, in fact, uh, it's this idea, if you've ever heard of it before, it's uh, fleecing the Lord. We we, we've heard that maybe before. This It doesn't mean shaking the Lord down for money or something, but it means asking the Lord to give you some sort of direction on something. That comes from this story. It comes from the story of Gideon. And, and listen to where he starts doing this. This is in the very first time that he meets the angel of the Lord from the very beginning. Judges six seventeen says this. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. So Gideon is like, listen, I really want to know this is the angel of the Lord that God is calling me to do this. You aren't just some random dude that showed up in my house sitting underneath my tree. And so he goes to prepare this meal for the angel of the Lord and, and, and it was placed on a rock and God consumes it with fire and so Gideon gets the sign that he needed but he, you know, he's asking for confidence. He's asking for direction. He's asking for assurance that you are who you say you are. That I can trust what you're promising to me and what you're calling me to. That's exactly what Gideon is doing. Now, this kind of request is something that Gideon becomes accustomed to. Listen to this a little bit later on in the story. Uh, Judges 6, 36-38. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that is what happened. Uh, Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew and a bowl full of water. Uh, So Gideon says to the Lord, hey, listen, you know, I, I just want everything around the fleece to be dry. I want the fleece to be wet. Then I know that you you know, you're gonna be able to do what you're promising to me. And and God comes through. Now I'm I'm thinking at this moment, you know, it's like with the angel of the Lord, he could have just simply said, Listen, Gideon, you just need to take a leap of faith. All right, just step out into the canyon. I know there's nothing there, but trust me, you're gonna float across. It's gonna all be great. Or now he's asking, okay, you're telling me I'm gonna do this and, and be this mighty warrior for you and save Israel, but I I need this this second sign from you. And it could be that, you know, God saying, No, you don't trust me, just take this leap of faith. No, he doesn't. He continues to graciously give uh, some clarity, some confidence, some trust that, you know, he, he can faithfully follow the Lord. Now, Now listen to what Gideon does next. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Normally, that means he's about to ask him something else, right? Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so, only the fleece was dry, all the ground was covered with dew. So it's like, do you want the fleece wet? Do you want it dry? What do you want, Gideon? You know, uh, this is what he asked for, though. And God graciously gives him an opportunity to to place his faith in him, to take more steps and deeper steps of boldness as a result of that. And, And so what we see is that faith will require bold steps, but they're never blind steps. Uh, It's not as if there's just some sort of enigma of God out there and He's just calling us to some sort of general idea and we just take these blind leaps of faith like the world sometimes invites us to believe. God is gracious and He has given us compelling and, and certain Uh, evidences to help us to trust Him, to follow Him, to place our faith in Him. Of all of them, the greatest one, and it always comes back to His Son, I mean, an historical footprint on this earth is exactly what we have because of Jesus. The entire scope of the world has been changed. His church has grown to be global. His kingdom through his church is making advancements. And it all comes back to to the fact that God came to be with us in the flesh. There's an historical footprint of that. And above all of that, he demonstrated his power and his authority through death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, To be able to say, listen, I've done everything you can imagine for you to help boost and encourage your faith, to help you take that step that you need to take, that you can trust me, that you can trust in my promises. And here's a demonstration of my presence with you, my power that I want to be able to give to you, and the opportunity to be close and have a relationship with God. The world will say our faith is blind, it's foolish, it's without clear proof, but that's never what we find. It's not what we see within the Scriptures. We always see God graciously giving us what we need to take that next step. Faith is not blind, but it will always be bold. It will always be bold. You don't have to take some sort of leap without knowing what God has promised, without knowing what God has done, without knowing how close God has come through His Son, Jesus Christ. But it will require a a level of boldness. Uh, It may be difficult for you to do certain things, to take on certain actions, and to trust God in certain ways. Think about this. I think one of the greatest examples is Thomas. After the death of Jesus, and some of the disciples had seen Him resurrected, they're talking about it. Listen to what Thomas says. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. It's kind of grotesque. Uh, I, I don't know that Thomas actually did that. Maybe he was just being really emphatic to say, I don't believe you. No, I have to see. What, is, you know, what does God do? What does Jesus do? Oh, Thomas, you're just an idiot. You know, you... Just take a blind leap. Here's the canyon. Just step out. You'll float. No. Once again, we see his gracious, compassionate love giving him the opportunity to to grow his faith, to have something they can trust in, to hold on to. And look at how Jesus responds to Thomas when he does see him. And he's like, my Lord, my God. This is what Jesus says. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Which a powerful statement. It's almost as if Jesus is saying to us, I realize how hard it is to, to take steps of faith. And those who are not going to have the opportunity to see me, but only know of my existence, know of what I've done, read and learn and see the impact that I've had over the world, when they take steps, I know it's going to require some, some uh, boldness from them. But he never asks us to just blindly leap. God has done amazing things to give us a foundation for which we can place our faith in him. So let me just simply ask you, what bold step do you need to take? You know, what is it that you need to do? You know, listen, it might be that you've been watching these religious services online for the first time ever, and for you, that's been a bold step. First of all, just to carve out the time to make it important, it might be that if a spouse or family or friends found out that you were doing that, that they would mock you or make fun of you, and so for you, that's a bold step. You know, it might be that a bold step would be uh, to come and worship with us here when when we can, starting next, next Sunday, May 31st. Um, it may be that you, somebody's been nagging you for a long time, that you've been a believer, whether you've just kind of grown stagnant, or whether you've looked around and you've seen other people taking on God's Word and, and taking big steps, even if they started out small and they gradually grew, and you think, you know, I've never really done that. And you know there's something that you've just been needing to do, but it's going to require a level of boldness. Listen, what bold step do you need to take? Here, here's what I can tell you from God's word, is He's not asking you to make it blindly. He gives such clear direction, such clear proofs and evidences and, and just compelling and encouraging um, uh, promises uh, to give us that strength that we need to take. It may be a small step at first. And small steps turn to big steps that turn to bigger steps, each one of them having their own level of boldness. Whatever bold step you need to take, I would encourage you to take it. If you're not sure how and you need somebody to pray with you, let us know. Click the prayer button on our website so that we can have a prayer and decision partner call you, talk with you about it, help lead and guide you and encourage you. Uh, that is so important in the fellowship of God's church. Let's just take a minute to pray this morning. Father, we're grateful for your word. We are really thankful as we looked at some different stories the last couple weeks that, you know, as you give us the story of your people, which is really all building up to the most important story of all, that of Jesus Christ, you never write out the bad stuff. Uh, You give us everything, every little grit, every little detail that helps us to know that you want us to know everything. You want us to see people's successes just as much as we see their failures so that we can see your strength coming through each and every one of them. Father, help lead us, help guide us, help us to, to know that next bold step that we need to take, uh, to take it, and, and to see your promises, uh, to see your work, to see your commands, to see your compassion to be close to us as you were with your son. And to see your sacrifice to give his life uh, so that we can be restored in a relationship with you is powerful. Father, I pray that that would just encourage us uh, to take that step of boldness that we need to, to increase our faith, to follow you, to share Jesus Christ with our world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.